Hi guys, welcome to another exciting episode of Startup Couches. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome. Make yourself very comfortable, if possible, on the couch. And, you know, thank you for being here. And for our return listeners, I'd like to thank you so much. You already know how it goes. Thank you for working with us. On today's episode, I have Brian and Alistair, who are co-founders of Tulix. So, um, make sure to also follow us on Twitter at Startup Couches um, to follow in all of these founder conversations. So, hi. Hi, Brian. Hi, Alistair. Hey, LaDonna. How are you? I'm really, really good. So, how have your days been so far? How's your day been today? <laughs> Extremely hectic. Just uh, another day in uh, startup life. <laughs> yeah. And you? Uh, pretty casual. Uh, hectic is order of the day. So, very, very much comfortable at this, on this other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could tell. All right. So, um, today we're going to try to learn all we can about Tulix. So jumping right into it, Alistair, what is Tulix? Could you tell us? Right. Um, yeah, thanks. Well, Tulix is essentially uh, a smart new way to split, share and spend money across borders for African migrants globally. So basically, we are building a new way for uh, Africans across the globe to share it's different from a remittance business, which is about sending money to someone who then has to do something with it. Here, we're allowing people abroad and basically and, uh, share wallets and uh, pay for things together, um, which is basically a, a new twist. We are upgrading remittances. So this is what you would call remittance. Hmm. Interesting. So a smart new way to split share and spend money for african migrants um brian can you tell me more about it how does it work for me as you know a, a black a black person living in maybe the uk for example how does it work for me i uh, sure i'd love to tell you that uh i'll just give you context and remind you that whichever african country you come from and you go to a foreign country to either work study or even just live you tend to sever any financial ties you have back home simply because you can't carry your bank account to use when you get there. You can't, you, you have no physical or even virtual way to stay connected uh, back home. And therefore, yep. you, you always find it very difficult, for example, to just pay a business directly when you're abroad. And you have the, you even don't have the ability to track and manage the money you send home to either support your family or take care of basic needs and basic uh, responsibilities. So what we've done is that we've analyzed that problem and understood how much of a gap there is when you just look at the typical remittance journey for the African migrant. And we designed a solution that works for them and their beneficiaries alike so that they can stay connected. And it's a it's a simple uh, wallet, uh, mobile money, uh, sorry, a digital payment wallet that rides on mobile money and allows you to, one, pay the businesses back home directly from wherever in the world you are, and also allows you with a cool feature we're releasing new, allocate funds for specific needs. So think about the monthly needs, say rent, uh, groceries for your family, to even bigger needs like paying for education and paying for other essential needs that back home you could support from say in the UK. Now we're making all that possible in a mobile app that you and your 
Wow, I think that's pretty amazing, actually. Um, so, my next question would be um, for you, Brian. You know, um, how did Tulix start? What is the founding story? Who's best to tell me? Brian. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many ways to tell it, but there's only one that uh, is true. So Tulik started as Alistair and I were part of a great startup community known as Antler. Uh, we both joined Antler to, to basically pursue an entrepreneurship journey, given our backgrounds. Uh, mine was more in marketing and operations, and Alistair's was in investment banking for, for, for a good time. And that knowledge combined allowed us to identify a big gap uh, being that we knew about remittances and we were remittance beneficiaries and senders as well. So we just started looking around what what ideas did we enjoy discussing, what ideas did you enjoy working on. And Tulix came up as uh, a great angle whereby we were thinking how do we move money from the diaspora, from these really hardworking African migrants and channel it back home to the businesses coming up and the businesses that need that support given how much it's around uh, 85 billion dollars by last metrics but could be as high as 200 billion dollars uh, going by african union estimates so when we looked at the data we understood the people we understood where this money could be more impactful if it was well captured and well directed and mm-hmm. my head down uh, started working on it uh, at that point uh, which was around 2020 late 2020 yeah, so yes oh wow and um, Alistair, can you tell me more about how Tulix has gone from um, just an idea to mm-hmm. what it is today? Can you tell me about the growth so far? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's gone through a lot of uh, iterations, if I may say so, uh, in that when we came to the program, well, uh, coming to the program was either you have an idea or you don't have an idea, but it was more about meeting uh, co-founders. And then with the Antler team, you're able to um, re- a problem and find the right person to help you solve it and uh, so Brian and I first were looking at uh, because of my background in investments of course I had a bias and when uh, Brian told me about uh, all these remittance inflows I was thinking okay well let's create an investment product for these guys uh, and that was um, thankfully through the Antler program we, we got to see that 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 was a couple of steps ahead of the actual problems that uh, the customers were facing and we needed to drill down a little deeper. Um, so we did a couple of surveys, we, we got responses from across the world who represented 10, 10 countries and um, they, they two, two problems uh, stood out in that for, for certain payments when someone is abroad they wished that they could just pay the business directly and not have to send the money to an individual. And then um, current apps and channels, um, the moment someone hits send on any 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 remittance app, uh, they lose visibility. And they essentially were saying, if, if I had a way to actually see uh, and just uh, almost follow the money as it's being spent, I would actually send more. So this showed us a great opportunity that we needed to fix and fill. And uh, we, we began building in 2021. Um, we, we got our beta uh, version ready around uh, October um, of last year. And okay. we've, we've been in beta up until, uh, I think, actually, 
Definitely. It's actually ending today because we're about to go live on uh, what's version two. Um, version oh, wow. one was basically uh, allowing guys to make direct payments uh, from abroad straight to businesses. Um, that was quite straightforward. Um, but uh, what we're even more excited about is this new uh, feature, um, which will now allow for this sharing of money and collaborative uh, spending such that uh, people, wherever they are, in fact, you don't even have to be abroad. Once, when, when you come visit, you can still use the same app. You and um, anyone that you add on uh, as a beneficiary or as um, someone that you want to share your wallet with, is, is you're literally both on the same platform. Um, and that's, that's really exciting us in terms of just thinking about the road ahead. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. That's really amazing. I like the fact that you are literally on, on, you know, startup couches, and you're about to get out of beta. I think that's amazing. Um, I like the precision of um the the depth. I would say of research that's been done to kind of drill down to the actual problems that you know migrants, you know, all across the world from Africa face. And I think mm-hmm. that's really, really important because, like, there is a lot of, you know, people both in the diaspora and people who are migrants directly from Africa. So yeah. um, just, you know, being able to capture um, a pinpoint um, that affects or cuts across these people and their lives, you know, and their relationship with, you know, home is mm-hmm. really, really powerful. Thanks a lot very much. That's the, that's the vision, by the way. Yeah. 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 So, um, I want to know, Brian, how do you, how do you guys look at your customer segments? How do you segment your customers today? I think one of the lessons we had to unpack at the very beginning was who would be our first customer and why them. And we we did do a lot of deep diving and in understanding who sends money, why do they send that money, and who on this end receives that money, and what do they do with that money. So by going deeper and deeper into the analysis, we could see various types of personas coming out. But there's one group of people who we really uh, embraced and really resonated with, and that's it's a majority of people aged between 27 and 45 years old who are tech savvy, have been very active diaspora community members. Staying connected with what's going on back home and being able to uh, have that visibility on what they are able to do with the money they send. That particular group of people is very engaged and for them, being able to provide a solution that they can resonate with, it's uh, tech, uh, tech enabled and for them it's also allowing them to work together with their friends and family back home. Those are the people who we are beginning to, to target and who we are actually uh, onboarding as the first set of customers. But we won't stop there. Our goal is to make sure that this uh, product we are launching first for Kenya will be possible and will be uh, scalable to other African markets. Uh, we are eyeing Match markets that are from Kenya uh, uh, that look like Kenya, and then going forward, we're also looking at what else stands out beyond mobile money. How do we make it possible to do other types of transactions? So we're very much uh, keeping our eyes focused on the customer. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so on on top of that, I wanted to ask you, um, Alistair, mm-hmm. where do you see two weeks? this year you know like yeah you're out of beta what is the plan you know to get two weeks in the hands of as many people as possible um and like where do you see two weeks around january 2023 okay uh 
and, and because uh, we've, we've set like really ambitious plans uh, for ourselves over the next six months uh, where we 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 grow progressively um, at least we have a captive audience already of uh, about 1500 people on our wait list um, our target is to get by the end of the year uh, that would be extremely amazing if if we achieved it uh, the feedback that we're already getting is uh, that we, we likely will achieve it uh, there's a lot of excitement around uh, around the app and we we like that but uh, we have to grow very responsibly of yeah. course uh, we don't want anything to break so we'll, we'll really we'll, we will throttle it over the first three months um, as we fix any any early bugs or um, iterate on the product based on uh, immediate customer needs or early customer feedback um, but our I think uh, by the start of next year uh, 10,000 active users will be at basically a very good place to 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 start growing substantially um, and dominate uh, the, the Kenyan market so that we can open up additional corridors actively um, which then sets us up for um, further 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 yeah yeah i think that's amazing I, I i like um you know the goals that you also set you know getting your first 10,000 active customers um being the point where you think that when you reach then it becomes really exponential growth from there i think that's actually true for most products uh, most fintech products across africa so yeah i'm looking forward to hearing more about that in the future so um i'm also curious to know like what and what are challenges you know um that you you face as a team um i'd like to hear from both of you actually around you know building out this product tools you know um what's what are the what are the things that surprised you what are the things that have surprised you in the journey and what are the things that you are still trying to find a fix for brian you could go first uh, yeah, sure thing. I think uh, one very important lesson is how much you have to learn. Uh, we, When you're in the corporate world or when you're employed anywhere else, you tend to just work with what you have. You don't have to think too far outside of the box. Mm-hmm. We have, I would tell you that between the Alistair and I, we've probably read... created summaries or reports from that just to interpret the information we're getting and part of that lesson of learning is also being able to work with external people i mean we just recently concluded uh, our our venture building with catalyst fund which is one of the best uh, inclusive fintech and during that whole program we were learning and also sharing our lessons with, with their team so we could build a very strong product and in addition, that also feeds into how we, we grow our team and how we mentor our team. Being the leaders of the company, it's important for us to uh, build that vision company and help our team to understand why we are doing this and who we are doing it for, so that even as they make their own decisions and as they make their, their own um, judgments when it comes to the decisions or the, the ideas we bring to the company, it's all focused on the customer. And the challenge in doing that is it's not straightforward. It's no cookie cutter approach that you take to do that. You have to keep embracing change. You have to be very open to other people's feedback. Even though your title is CEO, your title is COO, 
uh, whatever C-level position or whatever founder position you have, it's it's very critical that you keep having that listening ear and that uh, that mentality to always be adapting. So it's been a, an interesting uh, journey so far, and we are very very much uh, looking forward to the next ten years of doing this. Uh, mm-hmm. Hmm. That's amazing. That's amazing. And what about you, Alistair? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, for for me, I would say something uh, along the lines of uh, what Brian has said in terms of the the shift uh, um, between. I mean, I, I was in investment banking for fifteen years, so that that became really ingrained in me in terms of how things worked and um, how basically. Big, um, big functioning companies, how they run. Um, so coming into a startup um, where everything is on you as founders um, was was a real big mind shift. It's you know a lot of people um, who haven't been uh, involved in starting a startup may picture it as a very glamorous thing seems like a cool thing to do i've been amazed at how hard it is to be honest it's it's (laughs) really difficult Um, but at the same time it's 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 also quite fulfilling honestly speaking if you have uh if you have the right co-founder and um if you have the right team with you um because you're able to just stay the course and uh, if that vision matters you're going to um, eat sleep think dream everything just, it becomes your baby so um, so that mind shift honestly took a while to to really sink in but once it's sunk in um, it's it's go 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 uh, seven days a week 24 hours a day and, and it's exciting <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. It is exciting. It is hard work. It is a lot of work, but it is exciting and it is really impactful work, basically. And yeah. you know, on that note, I'd like to say thank you so much, guys. Before I let you guys go, I wanted yeah. to. I mean, I have gotten quite some of uh, a few, a few of these lessons, but I wanted to know if there are more lessons you guys want to share with other founders who are going to be listening to this episode. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, maybe <laughs> you could probably you could write a small yeah, book. A small book without the lessons. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! This is not going to be long. I just need like some quick summary. <laughs> some quick summary, one or two sentences, kind of. So I guess it's all been put out there, but they're all straightforward stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to fail, and mm-hmm. keep learning. Right? That's that's my three nuggets in, in <laughs> summary. Mm. Mm. I think uh, for me, I'll say um, I'll say uh, be stay 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 very focused on on the problem you're solving and who you're solving it for. It's 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 very easy to get caught up in thinking as a founder that get for this thing that's gonna change the world, but who are you doing it for? You know, and uh, what problem does it solve uh, for that person? So staying very close to 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 that customer that uh, you want to serve uh, is 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 invaluable. You will learn so much, and it'll save you a lot of time along the way. Um, so yeah, stay close to the the problem that you're trying to solve. Make sure that it is an actual problem um, for enough people and and uh, stay close to your customer yeah 
and above all yes. else bring data yes yes data <laughs> yeah i think this has been um you know a great a great conversation and there's been a lot of lessons for a lot of founders who are going to listen to this so um thank you so much brian and alistair for making our time to come on the couch today i hope you guys enjoyed this really did <laughs> thanks a lot lotan yeah yeah and for everyone else that's listening and you are you know anywhere that you want to send when you want to pay any business in Kenya instantly and directly from anywhere in the world check out tulix today it is t u l i x dot app you know mm-hmm. um just go there get on the wait list they are almost out of beta so you could get to download the app you know and immediately pay businesses instantly these businesses pay them directly from anywhere in you are in the world so make sure to check out Sulix today and for everyone else listening make sure to subscribe make sure to share this episode with your friends and make sure to follow us at startup couches on twitter for these founder conversations and until next time see ya <laughs>